Hey, y'all. Welcome back to the Don't Mom Alone podcast. I'm your host, Heather McFadden, and this is the place where I get to walk alongside you and connect you with fantastic people, wonderful resources, so that you know that you don't mom alone. And in this episode, number 365, I am welcoming back to the show the lazy genius, Kendra Adachi. The table is, and I can say this on this podcast, it is one of the most gospel-centered places in our home. And if we feel better about being there, not more performative, not fancier, not fill in the blank, but if we feel more like ourselves and we are less distracted by all of the stress that can exist in our kitchen, even in these tiny, small ways, we are able to love well. We are able to be present with people. Happy Mother's Day week. Yeah, I said it because I just want to celebrate you. I don't know how you will be celebrated this upcoming weekend, but whatever it is, if it's an expectation that requires your husband to act on, I would say tell him. They are not mind readers. If it's something from your kids, maybe ask yourself, is this something a child can come up with on their own or do they need maybe a little help? And I know the ideal is that they're just so overwhelmed with how great you are that they just bubble over and want it to do do it themselves. Maybe we need to set our family free from that. Uh, I wrote 10 years ago about my expectations for Mother's Day. And I'll tell you what, it's a lot better to just walk into it with open hands for what it is and not compare to the Instagram or Facebook versions that you're going to see. Also, you can follow Erin Moon's advice that she shared last year on our Mother's Day episode and have a fake Mother's Day. Pick another day where you do what matters to you. We'll talk about that more in this episode. And what makes you feel like yourself and set aside a day other than Sunday to do those things. Also, stick around the end of the episode. We're going to do a giveaway for Mother's Day. I want to shower someone with gifts. And so we're going to be doing that um, on Instagram and via the email uh, we send out on Monday. So today we have one of my faves, Kendra, on the show. She is our permission giver. She helps us hack our lives. She helps us move away from the guilt and shame that comes with comparing and contrasting to other people and spend our energy on what matters to us. And so I can't wait to share with you. Around the 20-minute mark, we get into how to lazy genius your kitchen, which is probably a space we spend a lot of time in as moms. And we want to have what we need and be able to use it. And it goes beyond just organization. Somebody asked me that question. No, this goes beyond organization. It's about cooking. It's about planning. It's about strategizing to streamline your life and make it simpler. And she's already impacted me. You'll hear more about that in this episode. Also, the first 20 minutes is a fantastic pep talk for all us moms. Let's get right to it. Here we go. Oh, my goodness. On behalf of all of my listeners, I will fangirl for a second. We love you, Kendra. (laughs) Thank you. I received that. Thank you. That's incredibly kind. Thank you. Particularly my listeners really want to get this right. And we have put so much pressure on ourselves. And so your permission statements, like your marks of you can want to do it right and also be lazy. Like you can Mm -hmm. be really wise and smart and thoughtful and also lazy. There's a... (laughs) There's multitudes, I think is your word. There are multitudes to this living. And so let's stop putting ourselves in boxes. Like I'm either have to be perfect or just have to be a hot mess. Like there's middle ground here. So thank you so much middle ground. There's so like, where did, where did everybody put all the middle ground? (laughs) I don't understand. It's like so much of it. And yet all we see are the two extreme boxes. So it's like, I'm just trying to like dig it out from wherever it's been buried. Yeah. And it helps that you get this challenge. Like this is personal for you. You've walked this. Yeah. Looking for it for yourself. Oh yeah, for sure. I've definitely lived inside both boxes of perfection and hot mess. And both were very hard. Both were very exhausting. (laughs) Equally equally exhausting. Weirdly, I thought the hot mess box would be easier. It was not. It was not. No. So then you have the mental. Yeah. The like, I'm 
yeah, it doesn't feel good. Well, it's hard when you want to, when you actually do care about things and you do mm. want to put time and effort into things, but you have decided to, yeah, to be a hot mess in all areas. And somehow that makes you less real. If you try, that's the thing that like, even if we just like end the episode here, I feel very compelled to say trying does not make you fake. Mm. It's not inauthentic. No. To have a higher standard. Yeah. Caring about something, deeply caring about something does not make you a fake person. Yeah. Like order, order does not make you fake. Just like mess does not make you vulnerable. In metaphorically, tangibly, all the bleas. All the bleas. Mess does not make me vulnerable. Put that on a shirt. Okay. You came on the show almost two years ago. Episode 293. For any of y'all who are like, who's Kendra? What's Heather talking about? What is lazy in this genius business? We will quickly 101 that phrase. What does it mean? A lazy genius is someone who is a genius about the things that matter and lazy about the things that don't. And the key here is that no one gets to decide what matters except you. I'm not going to tell you what matters. That's the problem with a lot of like, like self-help type stuff is that the person who is sharing their wisdom, which in many cases is actually deeply wise. Like we've all read a lot of books that were like, that was super helpful. Like these nine pages were super helpful or like, you know, it's like we kind of, uh, I use the phrase, like we MacGyver together, like all of these different tips and stuff from different places. But ultimately most of us know how to communicate through our own lens. And that's normal. That's like a very human thing. But often when we read someone's experience and what worked for them, it worked for them, but that doesn't always mean things are going to work for you. And so, um, I put on my systems hat and my, also my permission giving hat and was like, okay, can we figure out a way to help people figure out their lives and live it well by their own standards, but also they still get stuff done. It's not, it's just like, you can do it. Like you can, or you cannot, but like, how, you know, like it was a, it was quite a, that first book was, was a book that people, um, told me was impossible to write, you know? Cause it's like, Mm -hmm. well, you can't, you can't write a book for everybody that helps everybody's lives. And I was like, I'm really going to try though. I really would like to give it a shot. (laughs) I would really like to be their guide and it's principles. So then it's, it's bendy and it is flexible and it is bendy. You can make it fit your life. And I think honest, if we get real, real honest, where people get hung up in that phrase, genius about what matters, what matters. Oh my gosh. I'm so out of tune 100%. with what matters to me. I have been told, especially maybe this generality or stereotype or whatever, but women as little girls were kind of told what matter. This is what matters. This is what is important to you. <laughs> So you kind of tune that out. You kind of are like, oh, I'm not allowed to care about creativity because order was really important to my mom. So, you know, kind of leaving things out and about is not, it's not matter. So, yeah, and no, it's totally true. I think it's a, uh, it is not a problem unique to women. It is, it is something that all of us as humans struggle with to a point, but it is definitely a problem that I believe is more difficult to solve for women because of that very thing that we don't, it's, it's like, we don't fully know what matters. We also don't know. I talk a lot about, um, feeling like yourself, you know, one of the principles is to schedule rest and thinking about how can you spend time on purpose, refueling like the truest version of who you are, you know, like that's why we, when we talk about um, it's not, this conversation is not as accurate anymore, but it used to be that when people talked about self-care, it was like pedicures and like whatever. And I think that w- there is, there is a shift happening around that, that it's not, that it's not that it's not necessarily, a, it's not a shallow thing necessarily, even though pedicures are not shallow. If getting your nails done and sitting in that chair and having someone play with your feet and you walk up feeling pretty, that makes you feel like yourself. You should do that. There's no shame in your self-care being an actual pedicure, but that's sort of an avatar for, well, that's not for me. So I guess self-care isn't for me. Mm Self-care doesn't count or whatever. And I think that what, what is difficult for women as well is to name what makes them feel like themselves. Mm -hmm. They don't even know, like, we don't even know what we want. We don't know what matters. We don't know, like, especially moms, because there's so many other, there's, 
if you are a mother, the amount of things that actually matter is very, very high. And so managing and like shifting priorities on a dime is like its own job. And it is, yeah, it's like a mental weight all the time. And, um, and it doesn't leave a lot of space for us to be confident in those choices. We're just kind of, you know, it's that whole surviving thing. So I would really, I love, I don't think there's anything wrong with having seasons of survival. We all have them. Absolutely. And I also want to offer that that is like, again, it's that, where's that middle ground? It's not, your only options are not survive and thrive. It's like, you might do a little bit of both every day over and over and over again. (laughs) You know, it's like, there's that big gray, but who knows? We're all just figuring it out. Right. Well, one of the questions, it's funny that you said that the whole thing about with motherhood and naming what matters, my former VA, Sarah Jane, big fan of you. Shout out Sarah Jane. She said, how do you name what matters in motherhood over time and be open to when it changes? And I know you've gone through one season of change from real little kids to like now elementary. Mm-hmm. Like, how do you pivot? You've got your routine. Maybe you've figured out what matters. You've lazy just it. And then it's like, dude, they changed. I know it's so annoying. It's yeah. so annoying. It's kind of like, I mean, that's the, that's the thing with like motherhood completely. Right. Is they say, um, the minute you figure something out, like with babies, the minute you figure it out, the kid's like tooth <laughs> sleep regression. I'm walking now, like whatever it is. I mean, it's just, you can't, you can't keep up, you know? Um, I really think that the most important thing, the most annoying answer to that question. And the most important answer to that question, in my opinion, is to start small. And that is one of the lazy genius principles, because so often when we're in a season of transition, we try to fix it in big ways and broad strokes in like, let me build a whole new routine and I need to make a whole new list. And I, well, my life is different. So I guess I need a different planner. And like, we try and reach for all of these bigger fixes, kind of bigger set it and forget it's nothing in this life is set and forget it. I mean, we, I just need us all to accept that. Like that is not a reality. It's just not. Now we can set and forget a couple of things, a couple of small things that is like essentially the idea behind the very first principle in the lazy genius way, decide once, decide one thing, one time, and keep doing that thing until it doesn't work anymore. But that is more like we eat spaghetti on Mondays. That's not like my whole day from 6 a.m. to 10 p.m. is this. You can't decide once your whole life. You cannot automate your entire life. So it is all about starting small and paying attention when you are in a time of transition to not panic that things aren't going as smoothly as you would like. It's very normal. Like for us to have the goal, I talked about this recently in an episode about work-life balance for us to have a goal to eliminate stress completely from our lives is a very false goal. It is an impossible goal to meet. You never will. You just never will. So rather than looking at your systems as a failure, because you still are experiencing stress instead, it's like, okay, what is a really small something I can change here about a very small problem, make your problem smaller and make your solution smaller. And I think that's true when we're in times of transition as well. It is also, again, deeply annoying advice, deeply, deeply annoying because we're like, no, I want to all fix now. Yeah. But that's just not how it works. Well, and you can say, okay, our morning routine isn't working anymore. It is fitting that we just had that conversation with Kendra, and I'm about to tell you about a fantastic product that helps you be your own unique person, whether you're artistic, creative, into sports, you're the cool aunt, whatever your persona Uh, it's so great to have a way to express that. And I've leaned into in the last two years really figuring out what colors look good on me. You guys have heard me talk about that in past episodes. And just really my style as I call it a hippie princess. So when I discovered pear eyewear and the ability to swap out different colors on my, okay, don't laugh. I'm 100 years old. My readers that I'm wearing right now reading this ad copy, I purchased the Reese readers and I was able to also get the magnetic toppers, the magnetic top frames that let me switch up my style so I can get the turquoise ones and top on it or they have a persimmon tortoise split so it's like tortoise on the top and then this real pretty 
orangey red um, color on the bottom that are the same shape as my Reese glasses. I think it's super fun if you have a teen or someone that's into Marvel or different sports teams. They have lots of different toppers. And the prescription lenses with frames start at $60. So these are super affordable and ridiculously fun. I also love that for every pair purchased, they provide glasses and vision care for children around the world. So take Kendra's advice Know who you are, know what name what matters, and get glasses as unique as you are. One pair, infinite style, starting at just $60. Go to pairiwear.com forward slash DMA for Don't Mom Alone to get 15% off your first purchase. That's 15% off at pair, and it's spelled P-A-I-R, iwear.com forward slash DMA. Okay, let's start small. What is one little thing we can do? Maybe you're in the season where like you do have to lay their clothes out the night before, or maybe it's a, I, even in, we're going to get in the kitchen. There is a kitchen fix that I am recognizing after looking through your amazingly gorgeous book. Oh, I can't wait to hear what your fix is. What did you see? Okay. Well, first let me just brag. Okay. It's amazingly gorgeous. I'm not just fan. Like, I'm not just saying that. I've seen a lot of books. I get sent a lot of books. This is beautiful and functional. And there are flow charts and there, there are, are so lists. many charts. You guys, there's so many charts and lists. It like is a, so many it, for a mom who is busy. Yeah. This is accessible. This matters to me right now. This matters to me, but let's say, okay. In the morning. Okay. So we are in the season. This wasn't always the case that my boys <laughs> are trying to bulk up. They're very skinny people. Okay. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And they want instant carnation breakfast. Okay. With a scoop of peanut butter. And half of them want banana. So you can't even make like one big one because well, they all want different things. Okay. What, so I've got what my did you system. What you that. do? No, what I need to fix is <laughs> currently I've got the blender in the far corner. I have the peanut butter and the instant carnation in the pantry across the whole kitchen. And I've got to get the milk and I got to get the bananas. They're all over the place. Right. right. And I am walking past my husband who's trying to fill water bottles and I keep getting annoyed that he's in the way as I'm trying to go back and forth and I'm dropping off the peanut butter and then I'm, oh, somebody else needs an instant carnate. I'm going, it's too much. It's sure. not working. Yeah. So I need the you need things. A zone. I'm, I need a zone. I need, need an instant zone. carnation. You do. You need a zone. zone. Yes, yeah. you do. Yeah. You do. But that's what I realized. I'm like, oh, that piece. So this yeah. is where like the transition stuff, that piece of our morning routine is clunky. It's not working for me. It's causing stress and a very, we are, we're limited on time. We got to get out the door. And so using your little systems, your very amazing five, five steps, right? Am I five remembering? steps. Yep. Five steps. I can do this. Yeah, you so can. Let's go through it. Let's do it. Okay. Yeah. So the first step, and this is all from the book, the lazy genius kitchen kitchen. Um, and I, I know. So what, what I did was took the 13 principles from the lazy genius way. And they are incorporated all over this thing. I mean, they are just you LGP, have the lazy, LGP, no. LGP. There, there's so many LGPs. Like we had to make it a thing. Lazy genius principle number seven, lazy genius principle number 11. Like they're all over the place. So you can sort of see how these principles can apply in all these different ways. But I realized, and this happens, this is one of the things that's like fun about, about writing things and then putting them out in public is like, it's never done. Like even when you write a book, it's never done. You're just run out of time. It's like that old Lauren Michaels SNL quote, you know, like the show's never ready. It's just 11, 30 or whatever time time it is. Like it's just time to start. And the more that I have sat with these principles since I wrote that book in 2020, the more they have talked to each other and informed each other, you know, mm. they become my friends and I'm like, oh, you two like really like hanging out. Like you two go together really, really well. If I talk to this one before I talk to this one, it doesn't always go the same as if uh-huh. I flip it, you know? And so the Lazy Genius Kitchen is kind of like taking those principles and putting them in a really helpful order that works in a, in in your kitchen, really in any place. Yeah. I make a joke I mean, yeah. in the book of like, I'm not going to write the lazy genius bathroom. So you can use these five <laughs> steps in other places too, but like, we're just using them for the kitchen right now. Um, but the first of those five steps is prioritize. And that is to name what matters, which ironically people talk about that as like 
that's my favorite principle from Kendra. That's actually not one of the 13 principles. <laughs> that is like the underlying necessity of the entire thing. Like you can never do anything until you name what matters, which again, to your earlier point can sometimes be really frustrating because we're like, I don't know, which is why naming what matters needs to be the smallest thing ever. What matters about this tiny, tiny problem in this tiny, tiny moment right now? What matters right now? You don't have to name what matters about your entire life. (laughs) It's too big guys. I'm not talking about how your kids are going to turn out and who they're going to marry and all of these things. No, No. it's like, how are we going to get out the door? How are we going to, how am I going to not resent my husband for filling the water bottles while I'm getting the peanut (laughs) butter? Like that's the problem we're solving right now. That's what we're doing. Yeah. So the first step is to, to prioritize, to name what matters. And I kind of, and I, I give like a, a process of how, how one can do that. And then, and it sounds like to you, what matters is you're not pinballing around the kitchen. Would that be correct? Is that a good way of saying it? Or is there a different? This is literally the example of my life (laughs) as a mom of young kids. Yeah. I am a pinball machine. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a bouncer. I'm a reactor. I just am. Yes. Mm Yes. Yes. And that can be really hard, especially for really capable pinballs. Like when we get real good at being a pinball, we're like, I mean, I can do it. Like, it's fine. I have a headache at the end of the day, every single day. And I never know how to slow down. Like taking a deep breath is comical. You know, yeah. like I did a, um, I had a checkup, like I went to the doctor a few weeks ago and she said, um, deep breath in. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> it's like, I, I didn't how know how to do, do this. Where is the breath coming from? So I've been practicing okay. like, oh, intro- like I noticed in that moment, I was like, huh. Everybody. Interesting. Let's all do that. I don't that. know how to take a deep breath in. This is my start small right now. So I'm just going to try to breathe deeply. <laughs> oh, so anyway, so relatable. Yes. All that to yes. say, yes. that is okay. So what matters to you is that you are not a pinball machine in your kitchen during breakfast instant carnation time, right? Yeah. Okay. So the next step is to essentialize, mm-hmm. which is to get rid of what is in the way. You only want to keep what is essential to that process to what matters about that process. So what's in the way? It sounds like what's in the way is that everything is, you have to be a pinball because everything's in different corners of the room. Is that correct? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. hundred percent. So how can we, so then the third step is to organize. Yeah. Organize is to put everything in its place. So maybe some of your things need a new place. Yeah. Is that where you landed when yeah. you were reading? Like you're going to put is what I'm landing. peanut butter in your packets by the blender or something like that? Yeah. I think we need like a basket or like a corner. I have all my baking stuff right above where the blender is, but possibly that needs to be moved a little for bit this, over for this for moment, the season, for, for this, this season of life. Because guys, they'll that's hate what them. It is. I mean- Fast forward six weeks, we're going to have summer. I don't know that they'll be having that every day in the summer, but right. I just was like, oh my gosh, I am wasting so much energy <laughs> making this so complicated. And why is the peanut butter in the pantry? Right, like, right. It's not even helpful for making peanut butter and jelly. Yeah. Well, and here's, here's the thing that I, I'm so obsessed with this example because this is such a real example. Like I, I even asked this on Instagram. I think it was yesterday. I don't uh-huh. even remember. Oh, I responded. But it was like, mm-hmm. what's your, what's your, that was one of the highest uh, comment posts I've ever done. Like in all of 2022, that one was like number three, I think, because people are just like, it was a question was, what is something that frustrated you in or about your kitchen today? Like something small, don't make a big, like my kids are picky. Like what is something really small? And people were like, I got one. I got one. <laughs> like it was just, and, was and I said place. that my ice maker is broken right now. Which is very annoying. And my one son notices if we use tap water to fill it versus filtered water. So I have to fill the Brita pitcher with filtered water, which takes forever and pour it into our, we don't even, we have the giant old fashioned ice cube tray. Okay. (laughs) For an old fashioned, that's what I'm using. And so one of your people said, get a countertop ice maker. Get a countertop ice maker. I know. But this, yes, but everybody, like, if you're thinking, oh my gosh, the kitchen seems so overwhelming. I don't even know where to start. That's it. What's your bumpy clunky? What's your bumpy thing? Yeah. Where, what makes you mad? I think I even say that in the, it's like a pain point. I say that in the book. Like if you're trying to figure out like, what do you want a lazy genius in your kitchen? Um, think about the season that you're in. 
Mm-hmm. And think about what makes you mad. Like what is making you frustrated? <laughs> yeah. And it's the peanut butter being in the wrong place. So, um, and what I love about this example is that you could get a little basket, a little bowl that you already, you already have, right? You're containing the peanut butter, the carnation packets, maybe even the bananas in, in one place next to the blender. So the only thing that you need to get is the milk. There's only, there's, there's not, you're not pinballing. You're literally just one trip, one back and forth. That's it. Sounds good. And um, I, right. I love that you're like, it's dreamy. That's <laughs> why solving small problems matters because really when you name that small thing and you adjust it a little bit, it's like, oh, wow, this was amazing. This helps so much. But then it's exactly what you said. You, what we do theoretically is we're like, well, maybe I need a smaller blender. Maybe I need a bigger blender. Maybe we, these cabinets are the worst. Maybe we just need to redo our kitchen. Like we just go really, really we big. We could just move the pantry. We could just move the entire pantry. <laughs> like maybe we need to move houses. Do we need a new house? We'd like actually, that is what I have we do. That, one. Yeah, that yeah, is yeah. what we mm-hmm. do. And what I loved and what you just said is like, it's going to be summer soon. Like they might not even want these in six months. And that is the case with almost every challenge or problem or frustration that we address. It is short-lived. Most things don't last very long, but what we try and do is put these like permanent solutions on things that don't need a permanent solution. They're just like annoying right now because of the season of life that we're in. So that's why starting small while annoying is really so deeply important. And then these five steps prioritize, essentialize, organize. And then the final two are personalize, like feel like yourself, make it work for you based on what matters to you. Um, and then systemize, like keep it in a flow, keep it in a rhythm. You know, like if, if you find your basket and you put your things in the basket, but you like, for some reason, like a kid, like one of your kids keeps putting the peanut butter back in the pantry that is breaking the system. So it's like, okay, so what we need to do, man, is like, when you put the lid back on, I know like it the, pull the basket out. Maybe, maybe it's like, they don't see the basket because it's tucked back. If you're going to make, have a house rule, that's a lazy juice principle. Like, okay, house rule, everything goes back in the basket. All the smoothie things go back in the basket. Like, because then the system is broken otherwise. Yeah. So those are the five steps that you can apply to anything. I swear it's like, they work. I don't understand it, but they super do. I'm not joking that Kendra's book has influenced my kitchen drastically already. And I haven't even finished going through all of it. But just the organizational piece, I realized that the two drawers under my stove, one had pots and pans in it and the other was filled with toys. Y'all, I'm not joking. That's something I started when my kids were really little and it was my trick that if I was on the phone, I could open that drawer and it would be fresh toys for them to play with while I was cooking. It's a terrible place for toys while I'm cooking. The stove is right above it, but it stayed like that for at least 10 years. Okay, well, I took all those toys out and it gave me space for this month's sponsor, Caraway Homes, fantastic skillet that I got from them and saucepan. I'm telling you, these are beautiful. And once again, naming what matters to you and your style, you get to choose from so many different colors on what products you wanna get. I got the paracotta. It's a really pretty like coral color and it makes me really happy when I'm in the kitchen and that's the goal, is to be happy. Not only that, I know that it's non-toxic and really easy to cook with. It's naturally slick surface. There's, I don't have to use a lot of oil or butter. If I want to, I can for the meal, but I don't have to, to keep it from sticking. I also know it's eco-friendly. Their products release up to 60% less uh, carbon dioxide into the environment compared to other nonstick coatings. 25,000 people have raved about Caraway Kitchen. So now it's time to try it for yourself. Visit carawayhome.com forward slash DMA to take advantage of this limited time offer for 10% off your next purchase. This deal is exclusive for our listeners. So visit carawayhome.com forward slash DMA or use the code DMA at checkout. Caraway, non-toxic cookware made modern. Last week, I shared a video wearing my new favorite earrings. They came from Ana Luisa. And what I love is they're simple, they're sparkly, and high quality at an affordable price. I have the Huggy hoops on. They have great necklaces, great rings. And if you are looking for something to gift you and your mom, go check out their Mother's Day deal. It's buy one, get one 40% off. That's right. 
And maybe you could get your mom and your mother-in-law something. I don't know what your combo is going to be, but you should definitely check it out. Go see. If you go to my specific link, shop.analuisa.com forward slash alone, you will see the ones that I chose for myself. Um, three different earring options and there's different necklaces they've chosen and rings. So many things. New collections released every Friday. So if you want to make your mom's day and treat her to new jewelry pieces, check out Anna Luisa's buy one, get one 40% off sale. A piece for her, piece for you. Shop.analuisa.com forward slash alone. I know you'll love them. Well, and you shared something that was, I went and bought a Lazy Susan. I wish it was branded Lazy Genius. If Talk I could that. have a lazy genius, lazy season, that would be I'm the just saying thing. <laughs> you would make billions. Forget the book sales. Let's go with that. But I did. I went to TJ Maxx and I bought a lazy season because I thought this is going to streamline our summer. Here's the house rule. You get a cup, you put it on the lazy season. That's your cup yes. for the day. That's your cup for the day. Yeah. yeah. But that's the season we're in where I have kids, you know, serving themselves, which is fantastic. Yeah. But. Maybe if, if it's sippy cups, like, I don't know if you can reuse sippy cups. I don't, that's probably not healthy, but I don't know. We would do ours through, think, for the whole day. Yeah. I mean, if you do like refrigerated stuff in it, no. you know, if it's like milk or juice, that's probably not <laughs> going to fly. But like <laughs> at, at this point, our kids just drink water all the time. Yeah. So it's like, no, we just have our water cups on. I love when I, when I mentioned, um, I actually mentioned out, we call it a drink spinner because it's just a lazy Susan that we put cups on, but I mentioned it in an episode recently of the, of my podcast and people were like, what's a drink spinner. I'm Googling drink spinner. I was like, I'm sorry. I was not clear. It's just a lazy Susan is all it is, but we can just bet we made it a spinner so that the little one if hers was on the other side, she could spin it and reach it. Like that was really the only thing of like, oh, this would be helpful if this was, if this could turn. But yeah, it's like those small things. Yeah. I just, I just cannot implore everyone listening enough. If you renovate your entire kitchen, if you move to a new house, if you suddenly have all the money in the world, if you have someone who cooks all your meals for you every day, you are still going to have frustrations in your kitchen because those solutions are not solutions. They are now a new life. It's like, okay, I, all I did was just change the color of the cabinets in my life. My life is still the same. Like I still, even though my pantry might've moved, maybe it got bigger. If I'm storing things that don't matter to me, I'm still going to be frustrated. I'm just going to fill it with more things that don't matter to me because now there's more space for it. I'm not going to get toppled by cereal boxes anymore, but the cereal boxes that I don't eat are still there. So it's, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you create some big solution. The small problems are the ones that are eating your lunch. The small problems are the ones that are frustrating you. And as you tend to those one at a time with a lot of kindness, a lot of like, uh, uh, being nimble, you know, like this is the season we're in. It's not always going to work this way. Or even you could do Heather, you could do your, your breakfast smoothie basket. And if after four days, you might be like, this didn't work the way I thought it would. That doesn't mean that that was a failure or that you are a failure or that you have to go back to the way it was. It's like, ask the question again, iterate, go, mm -hmm. all right, what didn't work about this? What's what, what matters now? Like, and what is in the way? Something's in the way of what matters. We thought this fixed it, but it didn't. So let me think like, it's, it's not a value judgment on like how you are as a mom or someone who is, you know, like taking care of all these domestic things. Like you're just making another choice. That's all it is. Like you can change your mind. If something isn't working, you totally yeah. can. So good. And moms that are listening are, are in the similar stage you're in. So I'm curious to know, like, what have you found is valuable in your kitchen? Like that you've kind of, and again, this is unique to Kendra. We don't have to copy Kendra, but like, I think sometimes we don't even imagine what could be like a drawer could hold plastic cups for my child to open and go get themselves water from the fridge. A cabinet could be a, for snacks instead of the pantry because they can reach it more easily. That's the things we did. Or we had a drawer of fruit. It's like free rain fruit. You want yep. fruit any time of day, that's your drawer. You want snack any time of day, that's your cabinet. I'm not having to be your Sherpa person, your little like order waiter or whatever. I don't even know. Right. You short know, order cook. Short order cook. Yeah. I'm not like, exactly. Yeah. They are hungry and thirsty all the time. 
Yeah, they are. So we're heading into summer. How could you apply these, prioritize, essentialize, organize, personalize, systemize for you, this, this age kids, they're capable. Yeah. For capable kids. Yeah. 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 Well, we have like, um, so a, one thing that comes to mind, that's just super, super practical. We belong to a pool. Not everybody belongs to a pool. Um, I, I understand that, but maybe even just for like various summer outings or even afternoons in your own, in your, where you live. But when we go to the pool, there are two things that always come up. Um, one is yes, they're always hungry. They're always hungry. And two, they always want something from the snack bar. So we have two principles that I apply. One is decide once Friday is snack bar day. That's, that's the only day that we buy anything at the snack bar just to keep it simple. It's like, it's not Friday guys. We'll do it on Friday. You can get whatever you want on Friday. Like, Can't wait cool to see man. what you pick on Friday. I know. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. <laughs> and like, there's a little bit of like being bummed about that, but also like it's part of our rhythm, you know, like it's okay that that's the expectation, but they still want food. Right. So I always have in our pool bag, a separate bag. There's so many things in baskets and bags in my house. It's crazy. Um, but we have a, a bag that goes in our pool bag that is full of snacks and they can have whatever they want, however many they want from that bag. It's things, it's exactly what you said. It's like, I don't want to give myself more to manage. So like they can, they don't have to ask, can I have a snack? It's like, you can always have a snack from this bag and you can have as many as you would like. And part of the reason that that feels okay for my kids personally is that one of the things that we talk about at every single meal, I say the phrase, listen to your, just listen to your tummy, just listen to your body. Like I don't use tummy with my boys anymore because <laughs> one of them is in sixth grade and he look, gives me the eyes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like we've, we've graduated beyond the yeah, word yeah, tummy yeah. now. You're in a new season. Um, yeah. <laughs> but it's like, listen to your body. Just, just listen to your body. If you're full, full, just stop. Like you're good. Like teaching them to trust their own hunger cues and full cues so that I'm not just like, well, maybe two's fine. I, I think that what broke that for me in creating like, um, being like the portion control czar was <laughs> when my oldest, <laughs> like, it's like this middle of fifth grade, the child never stopped eating. And I was like, is this what people talk about when they have growing, <laughs> growing during children? the pandemic? So like he, all yeah. he does is eat yeah. and it, and he was not like, we all know if you eat too much, you will have a stomach ache. Like you will, there will be consequences. He never had those consequences. The child was just growing like a weed. Yeah. And so I think that taught me to be like, you know what? I'm not the arbiter here. Mm -hmm. Like I can give them the choices and, and give them the power to trust their own body and listen to their own body. And I will remind them, I will remind them. And sometimes like my daughter, for example, she has such a sweet tooth. She gets it honest, but the <laughs> child will eat so much candy. Like she will eat so much candy. And so I I'm sitting with her and I'm like, not, I'm, I really try hard to not manage it and be like, not too much, not too much, but just go like, how's your body doing? Yeah. How's your body feeling? How's your body feeling? Why don't you slow down? Why don't you just take a break, go swim a little while. Mm -hmm. And then at the next break, your candy will be here. And if your body feels like you want some, you can have some more, you know, like I would rather manage teaching them how to be a person then manage, like you already had two fruit snacks. Don't have any more. Cause that just makes me yeah. feel like a micromanager rather than their mom and loving them and just sh like trying to steward their sweet little personhoods, you know? Yeah. No. So anyway, that's the practical thing is like, yeah. we have a snack bag that has no rules so that, but I choose what goes in it. <laughs> yeah. You know, I choose this what goes in it yeah. and then they eat it. They can eat at the snack bar on Fridays and it's great. Works great. It's great. And it, like we said, every family's different when it comes to meals. Cause this book covers that too, y'all. This isn't just like how to organize your kitchen. This is like how to plan your food. Uh, y'all aren't even ready for the liquid index. <laughs> <laughs> I broke, I broke the recipe creation algorithm. I broke it. Like I figured it out. I figured I found us the key. You guys, it, it is. Out. Unbelievable. Can you I'm pretty I mean, into it. literally? I hope I maybe I'll show this video. This is flow chart there's of flow the charts. liquid index in action. And it's basically how you can hack your cooking. Yeah. Can you yeah. how would you summarize this? 
So I explained the liquid index on camera for the first time in, um, I just released and, uh, we're doing a six part video series to celebrate this book. And it's, it's also called the lazy genius kitchen. And it's a six part show that we made the first episode as of now is out. Um, yes. and they're releasing every Tuesday, but in one through of those YouTube, episodes, all you have through, to do is subscribe yes, yes. and YouTube. Yep. We'll put a link in the show notes. That's awesome. Um, all of the things are at the lazy So you can find like anything it'll take, it, you know, it's like your hub, it's your train station. It'll take you to all the different places. But, um, I describe the liquid index to a person for the first time on camera. Anyway. And it was the funniest thing because describing the process of it, which is basically like step one is you saute some aromatics in fat. And some bite-sized pieces of meat of some sort. And Aromatics I, like, being uh, like a spice or some kind. Uh, it, yeah, like um, like onions, carrots, celery. And there's like lists of what all those things are. You know, it's like, okay, this is what your aromatics would be. These are some fat options. These are some bite-sized meat options, whatever. But when I was describing like, and then you add like no liquid, a little liquid, or a lot of liquid. And everyone just started dying laughing because it was so absurd to say out loud. But I was like, but no, for real, that's what, you, that's what we all do in our this recipes. Is what cooking we're is. Like, this is what cooking is, is you don't add any liquid and you have this kind of thing. You add a little bit of liquid and you have this kind of thing, or you add a lot of liquid and you have soup. Like that's basically <laughs> what it is. So anyway, I love the liquid index because I think it's, it is going to make people more confident in putting things together. And more than that, I think it is going to make it so that you understand the cookbooks you already own so much better because what you'll do, what we do is we flip through and the picture is really pretty, but we see a lot of things on it, on that picture that we're like, well, I don't know what that is. My kids are not going to eat that. That looks like so much work. And what the liquid index does is it basically like gives you um, almost like a, like a glossary, like a key to go this recipe that you see, that's like, you know, uh, fish, something, something with such and such and gremolata. And you're like, oh, I get it. That's a saute with that, a breadcrumb topping. Like that's what that is. All they did was they sauteed this and they did this. They didn't add liquid and they put it on something. Like there, it just is like a language. I feel like that is, I'm just realizing this. Maybe I've always said I'm a systems expert and a permission giver. Maybe I'm also like some sort of like weird linguistics person because I feel like one of the things that I love to do is put language around things that hasn't had language yet. And I think that this is a new language to help us understand recipes. And I really do think, Yes, it can help riffers. It can help you if you're a riffer because you're like, oh, I have confidence of like how to, what my options are. There's so many options. But more than that, I think it's going to help you understand and decode your cookbooks better so that you'll cook more from them. Yeah. It's like half-baked harvest. She's got her system. Yes, she does. Dips. She loves a dip. She does. She loves a dip. It's so great. Something so I'm great. like food processor, have, have the food processor out or whatever the blender, make your dip. This is amazing. And I, I feel like I want to talk to you for seven years. So stick around folks <laughs> seven years. Um, no, I, I, we are just barely tapping into what this book is barely. It is. I can say, I know. Okay. I would like to model right now to everyone listening. You can be a woman and be incredibly proud of something you did. Mm. I am so proud of this book. Good. I am deeply proud of this book because it is beautiful. I think it's funny. Like I, I really think you're going to enjoy reading it. I bring a lot of what I call big sister energy to it. Like I really want to be kind to you and also be like, hey, we could do this. Let's do this, you know, um, and be with you in that. But it is something that you are going to open and utilize literally for the rest of your life. As long as you have a kitchen and you are a person in it, you will use this book. You will use the concepts of this book. And that is why I'm so proud of it. It's like, I believe that the kitchen and the table, the table in particular, the table is, and I can say this on this podcast, it is one of the most gospel centered places in our home. And if we feel better about being there, not more performative, not fancier, not fill in the blank. But if we feel more like ourselves and we are less distracted by all of the stress that can exist in our kitchen, even in these tiny, small ways, we are able 
to love well. We are able to be present with people. We can break bread in the way that scripture encourages us to and experience that on a really deep level. And so I feel like this book is a gift in being able to be a person because I do think that the kitchen can get in the way of that sometimes (laughs) because everybody always needs to eat. And we get annoyed at them and we get tired of it and we get overwhelmed by it. And I want us to, in tiny, tiny ways, one way at a time, feel less overwhelmed in there so we can feel like more of ourselves. And it helps you maybe if you want to be that person, I, I want to host the dinner for friends, but I get caught up in the how. You do big sister help us out with that. How to feed a crowd, how to serve food at a party, how to do Thanksgiving. How to do Thanksgiving, man. You can do it. You can host Thanksgiving. You, you can, can host, host it like no a lazy problem. genius. No Absolutely problem. You can. Absolutely um, you can. I know we need to go, but one gal did ask how she can eat out less on Sundays and busy nights. She's stuck on the planning that. Oh, so like she doesn't want to eat out. She, she, that does not, she, that matters to her to not eat out, to not eat out on busy yeah. nights and on Sundays. And I think this gal, her husband's a pastor. So Sundays might be busy days. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there are, um, what you can do is look for meals and there is a whole section on meals in this book, like literally an entire section, but it's not a recipe. It's not a recipe book. No, it's not about recipes. It's about the kinds of meals you choose. And there are a multitude of recipes and kinds of meals that, uh, do not require very little effort. But the question is, you have to name them and you have to look for those specifically and probably even write them down. Because when we are stressed out, we forget everything. Yeah. We just do. I also just want to give permission that like a meal, we all know this, but it can be cereal. Um, it can be hot dogs. Like I have a phrase, this is maybe a good thing to end with, <laughs> is that there is a phrase that I use called plan your hot dogs. Yes. What we do is when we're stressed out about what's for dinner is we go like, well, I guess we'll just have hot dogs. But we worry all day long. We waffle back and forth, back and forth and try to figure it out. Guys, just plan the hot dog and you have your whole day in front of you. It is such a gift. So like Hot dog could be anything you need it to be. Plan your cereal, plan your hot dogs. Like it doesn't mean that you are failing as a person if your family eats cereal for dinner. Or mac and cheese. Like if mac mac and and cheese is the season they're in, they may not be in the mac and cheese season forever. Exactly. But that's what the season you're in right now. And that's okay. And I'm a big fan of like, make what you want to eat, give them a little bit. And you can make the mac and cheese if that's what you're, if you're okay with that or teach them how to make it themselves. But like, don't sabotage your eating and what you love because your kids don't want to, I no, think more true. and more exposure, like they might end up, I mean, mine loves sushi and all this kind of stuff. I just ate it in front of them. <laughs> right, right, right. And well, eventually they're like curious, like, what does that taste like? What is that? Mm, gonna have some of that? Someone called it a, a yo-yo night. Oh, you're yeah. on your own. Oh, you're on your own. You're on your own. And, but it's also kind of fun. It's like, eat yeah. whatever you want. Eat whatever you want. Yeah. This eat is what I'm want. having. I'm having sushi. Not that I have sushi <laughs> It sound like, yeah, you know, I'm just rolling it up over here, <laughs> making my sticky rice. Um, thank you, Kendra. Lazy Genius Kitchen is our hub. It's our train station. We're going to find all the things. But y'all, if you haven't, if you've never heard of, if I'm introducing you for the first time, which, wow. Hi. Um, hi. hi. Um, you're going to be supported and loved and cared for. I trust Kendra. And um, thank you. That's I'm really excited. Lot. So thank thanks you. for being with us. Thanks. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Thanks y'all for joining me. I just want to pray over all the moms and all that you're doing. Like Kendra said at the very beginning, as a mom, there's a lot that matters and there's a lot of pressure. And in addition to that, there's hard circumstances that you're walking through. And so I just want to pray over you as we head into this Mother's Day. Lord, I thank you that you have entrusted us to be moms. And I thank you that you didn't leave us alone in doing this job, that you entrusted us with your Holy Spirit to guide us, to empower us. I also thank you that you love our kids more than we could ever imagine and that you have good plans for them, even if what we're walking through right now is really incredibly dark and hard. I pray that in those hard, hard moments, we would surrender to you and trust you and know that you are for our ultimate good. I know it's hard to see in these dark times with kids or in our marriages or with friends or with church or whatever is really hard right now, Lord, I pray that we would come to you with that thing, 
that we would turn off the phone, move away from the distractions, and just sit with you, God, and lean into you and hear your voice and hear your love over us and your care and just see you as the one who parents us. Thank you. Even if our earthly moms weren't who we hoped them to be, Lord, if if that's part of the pain of this weekend, I pray that you would be the one who fills in those gaps, who shows us love that you desire for us, that this world and the brokenness that it brings kind of steals from your ideal. I pray, Lord, for um, our families to be drawn closer to you and away from anything that is not part of your heart compassion and love and grace and mercy that we can show that to ourselves, to our family and to others around us. In Jesus name. Amen. Thanks y'all for joining me. Okay. I said I'd talk about the Mother's Day giveaway. Things we're going to include a copy of the Lazy Genius Kitchen, a pair of Anna Luisa earrings, um, and some other goodies that I will be sharing on Instagram and in my Monday email. I don't want you to miss it. Uh, if you ha- if you don't get the emails, go to olaheather.com. That's Ola with an H, like Heather, H-O-L-A, olaheather.com, and you can sign up there. And sometimes emails, you know, Gmail's weird. It sometimes calls it spam. It's not spam. Let it know it's not spam. And yeah, I can't wait to shower someone. I, I'm thinking I'm going to put a Don't Mom Alone book in there too. Uh, be on the lookout. I think there's a deal happening this month on the ebook. I'm, I'll be sharing about that next week if I if I don't, you know, I have to make sure it's a, it's a go. But uh, I think leading into summer, it could be fantastic to get some friends together and have a little book club. If you do, let me know. I would love to support you however I can. The book is set up really well for six weeks. There's 12 chapters. So you do a couple chapters each time. Uh, We have discussion questions in the book. And yeah, I'd love to support you. Let me know. All right. See you here next week. Adios. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Don't Mom Alone podcast. If you're wanting to connect with more people and more resources to help remind you that you're not alone, head over to don'tmomalone.com. That's where you'll also find show notes with any links mentioned by our guests. Most importantly, I want you to know the good news, the great news that you're not alone because God has promised to always be with you. With faith in Jesus Christ, the one who died for you and rose again, Jesus said when he left, he was going to leave a helper, a comforter to be with us. God in us, moms, that's superpower. So while you're washing dishes at your kitchen sink, while you're driving to and from work, While you're feeding that baby late into the night, while you're cleaning sticky floors, God promises to be just as present with you as when you're worshiping in a church pew. As it says in Zephaniah 317, the Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. He takes great delight in you. He will quiet you with his love and he will rejoice over you with singing. Now that's good news. Have a great day.